today? All right. And uh, we're going to be turning uh, to Mark chapter 4. And I want to continue a series I began last week called A Tale of Four Seeds. A Tale of Four Seeds. We're talking about the parable that Jesus gave in Matthew 13 and also in Mark 4 and also in Luke. Uh, All three recorded it, only John didn't. And we're going to look in Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 3. And I am um, I'm sharing about these four seeds because Jesus said that if you understand this parable, you understand them all. This parable is foundational to all the parables. So let's stand together and read it, and then you can sit down for the rest of the time, and I alone will stand. All right? All right. It says that again, he began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Of course, the water carried his voice where he could speak to that huge crowd. Then he taught them many things by parables or stories. A parable is a simple story to illustrate a spiritual truth. And he said to them in his teaching, say it with me, everybody, listen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that. You know, if Jesus says, listen, you ought to perk up and listen. He said, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, or as we said last week, the roadside. And the birds of the air, which is the devil, came and devoured the word that was sown in their heart. And then the next seed. Some seed fell on stony ground, and we're talking about this one today, where it did not have much earth. It was shallow dirt, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no what, everyone? Root. It withered away. Two seeds down, two to go. The first two are not successful. Guess what? The third one is not successful in bearing fruit either. It says, And some seed fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up, and what they do to it? Choked it, and it yielded no crop. Now we know that this is talking about the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches, worries and distractions, strangle, choke the word. We're going to be talking about that one next week. But here's the good ground. Other seed fell on good ground. And yielded a crop. How many of you want to be in this one? Anybody doesn't want to be in this one? No, Jesus, three out of four are not successful. But here's the uh, successful one. Uh, Yielded a crop that sprang up and increased rather than decreased and produced. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100 And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, don't just hear auditory noises, but let him hear, meaning let him understand that this is your life. One of these four will be you, and it will be me. Father, thank you for your word. Bless it to our hearts today, and I pray that if there's anybody here whose heart is rocky soil, that, Lord, you will deliver them stabilize them, root them, and cause them, Lord, to bring forth much fruit. In Jesus' mighty name, now will you breathe a prayer, church, and say, Lord, speak to me today. 
I receive your word. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Let me talk to you today about Alka-Seltzer Christians. Alka-Seltzer Christians. What do you mean by that? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. This is a very, very important parable. As I've already said, you're all in us. We're all in one of these four. Now, let's break it down again so that we can understand this crucial foundational parable. Jesus is the great sower. He tells us that when he begins to interpret this parable for the disciples. He says that he is the great sower. And because of the great sower, every one of you have been born again. Simon Peter wrote, you have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed through the word of God. What I'm doing right now is I'm sowing the seed of the word of God into your life. It's either being received and acted on and brings forth fruit, or it is being deflected by a hard heart or a distracted heart and, or a shallow soiled heart and it won't produce any fruit. So he's the great sower. We're saved because he sows the, the gospel seed into us. Now, once you're saved, you're a sower. You are a sower. Every Christian is a sower of the gospel. You've been called, no matter what you do, what your name is, what your background is, your educational level, doesn't matter. If you're saved, you're called to be a sower of the gospel. The seed sown is his word. The gospel of the kingdom, it has power. There is no word on earth like this one right here. There is not a word like this one. The Bible says of this word, it is God breathed. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God who moved on holy men of old and they wrote down the scriptures as God moved on them and what you hold in your hand is a great big sack of seed it is the word of God it's precious you ought to hold it close you ought to read it every day so you're a sower of that seed now the soil that it falls on is the human heart and Jesus is telling us that four different things happen to the seed sown because of the condition, four different conditions of the human heart. He says there's four kinds of human hearts or soils that the seed falls on. The wayside soil, that's the first one, the roadside. Talked about it last week. If you weren't here, you ought to grab the CD. They sold out of the, this CD last week. It went like hotcakes. The wayside soil, roadside soil, is the light, flippant, indifferent hearer upon whom no impression is produced. They can sit in church all their life, and they're never changed by the Word of God. It falls on a hard heart. They never receive it. It never impacts them. They never act on it. They somehow believe it's not for them. That's the roadside soil. The stony soil, the one we're going to talk about today, is the heart that exhibits a, a fleeting feeling at the appeal of the gospel. Jesus said they receive the word with joy. So this person is saved. And they receive that word with joy. But no permanent impression is made. They do not make it to the finish tape. They do not bear fruit. They fail in God's destiny for them. 
Then there is the thorny soil. The heart that takes in the Word, but it's so full of worldly cares. Got to pay the bills. Got to take care of the kids. Got to go here. Got to run there. Got to do this. Got to do that. The gotta do's of life choke and strangle the Word where it literally uh, is choked to death and it bears no fruit. It becomes unfruitful. Now, why did Jesus tell about those first three? Because he wanted us to beware that our hearts are not like those first three, that we're not in those categories. We're not the hard soil. We're not the rocky soil that is shallow. And we're not that thorny soil that is so distracted it never pays any attention to the things of God and it's choked out. Then there's the good soil, the good and honest heart, the heart that receives and retains the Word. In this heart, the seed goes down, the seed is watered, the seed is received, and it grows and it produces love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, and faith. It begins to look like Jesus, talk like Jesus, have compassion like Jesus, think like Jesus. And not only the fruit of the Spirit, but their lives, the fruitful person, influences other people for Jesus. You are the light of the world and you are the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its saltiness, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and stomped on by men. So God has called us to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. And if you're in the good seed category, the good ground, that's what you do. You're salty. You shine everywhere you go. And people know why you are the way you are because you influence people for Jesus Christ. And i got to tell you, church, it's time for us to get there. Darkness is creeping across our land like a, like a slow-approaching fog. It's covering our land. And it's time for Christians to shine and get salty and not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ or the Jesus Christ of the gospel. And just let it go. Now, Jesus shared this parable of the sower so that, so that those of us who are Christians and want to influence others would understand that we're going to run into these four kinds of soil. When you share the Word of God in your family or with co-workers, friends, whatever, you're going to run into one of these four kinds of soil. The varieties of soils represent an assortment of responses to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and His claims over your life. How do you respond? Do you bear fruit or is he hindered by one of the other three? Now today we're going to talk about the rocky soil, the shallow soil. Listen to Jesus. As he was scattering the seed, some fell on rocky places. The heart, where it did not have much soil, it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, a mile wide but an inch deep. When the sun came up, the plant was scorched and they withered because they had no root. That was the problem with this second soil. Rootless. No roots. No deep roots. Never had a chance. Now next, Jesus gives the interpretation. He said some people are like seed. Sown on rocky places. They hear the word, and at once they receive it with joy. Hallelujah, God is good all the time. They're singing hallelujah, they're singing kumbaya, they're at church. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. 
when trouble or persecution comes, because of the word in their life, they quickly fall away. Man, I didn't know people were going to make fun of me. I didn't know I'd pay a price for walking with Jesus. I had no idea it was going to be this way. I thought it was just going to be God blessing me, a great big Santa Claus in the sky. Name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. He gives me everything I want, and it's just a great big bless me club. They had no idea what they were really in for. But I'm going to tell you today what you're really in for, because we need to be hearing it, don't we? Now, let me give you a little background. In the land of Palestine, much of the land there is a, is a thin two or three inch layer of soil. This is where Jesus plucked this parable from. And this two or three inch layer of soil is on top of a limestone bedrock. It's here where some of these seeds fall. The warm sun, here's what happens. The warm sun beats down on the seed in that shallow soil. And at first it looks very promising. The seed sprouts. It grows quickly, feverishly. All of a sudden you see the green shoots and it looks like, wow, this is going to be a great, great harvest. This is going to be a great plant. But as the sun beats down on them, the plant's roots that are going down hit that hard bedrock. And there's nowhere else to go. And the plants wither and they die. This is what Jesus was talking about. This type of ground represents the person whose faith is superficial, shallow. Their faith has no roots. You've seen them. I've seen them. Maybe you're one of them today. When somebody's faith is, is just on the surface, they find out that the acceptance of Jesus is easy. Oh, wow, I'm, I'm receiving the word with joy. I'm so glad that God has saved me. Hallelujah. They're at church every time the doors are open. But what they soon find out is it's not easy to be a Christian. And I, can I tell you today, honestly, it's not easy to be a Christian. It's not easy to be a Christian in this culture. As a matter of fact, to be a sold-out, walking with Jesus, Christian, filled with the Spirit, standing against sin, walking in the Spirit and not in the flesh, it's an upstream swim all the way to glory. But can I tell you, it may not be easy to be a Christian, but it's blessed to be a Christian. It's peaceful to be a Christian. It's glorious and joyful to be a Christian. But it's not easy. And the shallow soil person did not understand that it was not going to be easy. They misinterpreted what we might call the terms of the agreement. Jesus was very clear on the terms of the agreement. And I'm going to deal with that at the end of this message. But they weren't clear about the terms. They just thought it was a bless me club. They just thought it was doing some deal, getting a little bit of religion. They didn't understand the terms of the agreement. I'm going to be sure today that when you leave here, you know the terms of the agreement. According to Jesus Christ, these people, they're deeply moved by the Christian message. And they receive it with joy, but they don't consider Jesus' call to discipleship. They don't count the cost and the price they're going to have to pay to walk with Him. Consequently, when the trouble comes, persecution comes, a little bit of social ostracism comes, they're offended, they stumble, they trip, and they say, I wasn't counting on this. 
and they walk away. They're plucked up. They're, they, they leave the walk and they go away because they didn't understand the price, the terms of the agreement. One writer says about these rocky ground Christians, these rocky ground folk are the opposite of the first group sown by the roadside. We talked about last week. It was the devil who took the word away from the roadside hearers. But the flesh is the culprit with this group. Instead of being in deep freeze like the seeds sown by the roadside, they are in the oven. They're warm, they're emotional, they're excited, they're shedding tears, they're greatly moved, but nothing ever comes of it. These are what I call Alka-Seltzer Christians. Now here we go. Are you ready? There's a lot of fizz in them. They make as much fuss during a service as a rocket on a launching pad, but they never get into orbit. Fizz fade, fizz fade. They're, when, when everything's going good, they're fizzing. When trouble comes, they fade. You see them in church one week, hands up, jumping around, twirling, jumping, excited. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. And then you find out that something happened to them that week and they're not in church the next week or the next and the next. You say, what in the world is wrong? Well, Mr. Fizz faded. They fizz, they fade. They're in, they're out. They're up, they're down. They are a roller coaster. Anytime trouble strikes, they don't know how to handle it. Where was God? Why did God let this happen? How could that person have done this to me? How could this have happened in church? Fizz, fade. Alka-Seltzer, Christians. Have you ever known any? How many of you have ever known one? Are you in the world? Raise your hand. How many of you are one? Look how fast those hands went down. Never get into orbit. They're the shooting star. Not hanging like the North Star. Never moving. Always faithful. Always stable. Steady Eddie. No, no. They're like the shooting star. They shine brightly and then they fade away. This is the rocky soil. The shallow soil. Those that never put down roots. Those that never really get in and stay. The shallow soil believers have no depth in their lives. They're like the sunflowers in my backyard. All of a sudden they're there, and the next day all of a sudden they're gone. How many of you don't want to be that way? They die out just as quickly. Now let me ask you a question. What is the soil of your heart like? What is it like today? Is it rocky? Is it shallow soil? Has Christianity lightly brushed against you like a feather? Or has Jesus captured your whole heart? I want you to understand today that Jesus wants your whole heart. He wants all of you. He wants to be the love of your life. He wants to be your primary pursuit. He wants it where when you wake up in the morning, it's good morning, Lord. And when you go to bed, it's good night, sweet Jesus. He is your number one. He is your primary, your first. He is what you live for, and He is what you die for. He has captured your heart. Are you a half-hearted Christian? Is Jesus just halfway into your heart? Or has He captured all of you? Does He have all of you? Do you walk with Him every day? Or is it fizz, fade, fizz, fade, fizz, fade? Many professing Christians 
They just wither up and die on the vine due to a lack of roots. The roots never go down. They never allow the Word of God to take root in their life. They never learn to depend on the power of God through the Word or through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I came to the Lord in the Jesus movement. I, I sold out my life to Jesus right in the middle of the Jesus movement, in the late 60s, early 70s. And man, thousands, thousands of us came to Him. Thousands of hippies and druggies and teenagers all over America, millions all over America came to Jesus. But I can tell you that of all the ones that I knew about that were with me, that were in Bible studies that I was in, some of them have stayed, but a lot of them have gone. You know why? Because they were this rocky soil. They were excited. They were thrilled. They were thankful for, for, for uh, forgiveness and deliverance from drugs. But as troubles came and temptations came and persecution came, they were plucked up and they did not stay with it to the end. I want to be doing what I'm doing now when I'm 90. If God lets me preach that long, I will be standing up here when I'm 90. And as long as you'll listen, I'll preach. I don't want to change. I can tell you it's just getting better and better all the time. I love it more now than I used to. Serving the Lord is getting sweeter all the time. I have found that if you choose Him, He will bless you. Come on, everybody. But some people, they can't take the trouble, can't take the problems. For example, some believers become disillusioned with their circumstances. And they give up on God. They have no deep roots in the Christian faith. Others become disheartened with church or the battles with temptation. And they walk away and give up on God. You see some hypocrisy in church. You say, well, I can't stand the hypocrisy. I'm getting out. Listen, if you're not a hypocrite sometimes and you're that clean, we need you here to help us. You come on back to church. James Montgomery Boyce said this about the person in the shallow soil. They hear the gospel and they seem to fit in. They even make a profession of faith. But then some difficulty arises. The loss of a job, misunderstanding with other Christians, sickness, even a bad romance. Somebody walks out on you. Somebody betrays you. Somebody leaves you. And just as suddenly as they once seemed to embrace the faith, they fall away. They blame God. Why did you let this happen? Why didn't you come through for me? They blame people. They say, I'm born under a bad sign. They say, I'm jinxed. My life will never go well. They're plucked up by the roots and they walk away, not knowing that if they just stayed with the Lord and sought Him and stayed in the Word, He would bless them and He would deliver them and He would help them and He would see them through to the other side. Folks, can I tell you, God really is good all the time and all the time God really is good. Paul the Apostle warned Christians about the shallow soil. Listen to what he said. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him. Rooted. Everybody say with me, rooted. Rooted and built up in Him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Rooted and built up in Jesus. 
not rooted and built up in a little bit of Jesus, a little bit of Islam, a little bit of New Age, a little bit of Buddhism. I'm going to tell you something today. I'm going to get bolder as time goes by because it's time. But listen now. Muhammad did not die for your sins. Buddha did not rise from the dead on your behalf. Confucius did nothing for you. There is only one God and one Christ and one Messiah and one Holy Spirit and one salvation and one way to heaven. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. So you've got to get rooted and built up in Him. Deep roots. That phrase, rooted and built up in Jesus, reminds me of a great big tree in my backyard. When it was first planted, I gave it no hope. Little skinny thing there in the yard. I said, Kathy, nothing's ever going to come of that. We've been in the same house 19 years. And you know that tree now is gigantic. The birds of the air take refuge in it all the time. And I've seen huge storms come through. And listen, no wind blows it down. No storm uproots it. It may bow and it may bend with the windy tempest, but it stands right back up again. Do you know why? Because underneath are roots, wide roots, deep roots. And that tree basically says, give me all you got. You can't knock me down. And that's the way every believer ought to be. Let the winds blow. Let the storms come and let the floods beat against my house of faith. It will not fall because it has been grounded on a rock. And that rock is Jesus Christ. I'm not going to be uprooted. I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to break. I am rooted in Him. We can say with David, I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved. Church, can I tell you something today? You're going to have to get here because the winds are blowing and the rain is falling and the floods are beginning to beat against the church in America like never before. And I'm going to tell you, you're about to learn what it means to either have roots or be plucked up. And I don't want to see one person in this congregation plucked up, blown away, offended, tripping over the winds of persecution, over the floods of disdain for your God and your Christ and your salvation and His blood. No, I want to see you standing up and saying, fire me for the name of Jesus. I don't care. I am a believer in Him and I'm not ashamed of Him. Persecute me, mock me, ridicule me. That's alright. I'll take the smile of God over your smile any day of the week. I am His and He is mine and His banner over me is love and I don't care what you do. I'm walking with Him. Say, well, Pastor Jeff, you're getting a little melodramatic today. Oh, am I really? Are you watching the news? Are you reading what's going on? This week, I read about an actress, a soap opera actress. In the days of our lives, I believe that was a soap opera. 59-year-old lady, committed Christian, 
They came to her with a storyline that was very uh, uh, positive and very uh, um, pushing the gay agenda. She read what they wanted her to act out. She said, I cannot do this. They said, why? She said, because I'm a committed Christian. I can't do it. And she was fired. She was written out of days of our lives and fired. And I thought about that story when I read it, and I realized that's going to happen more and more and more. We do not have a government right now that smiles on our faith. We do not have a government that is pro-Christian. We do not have a national education agency that will give one inch to the Word of God or to the name of Christ. Our courts are booting God out. Our culture is turning its nose up at God and throwing the Bible out and not even allowing you to say the name of Jesus. It is time for the church to stand up and speak up and put on the armor of God and say, I'm a believer. I feel it coming. And I'm sharing these things with you because I want to see you not just survive, but thrive. David said, I shall not be moved. Is your faith alive and well today, or is it being moved? Are you producing fruit? Do you allow affliction and persecution to drive you away from God? You say, well, Pastor, wow, I hear this and all these soils and this different thing, and I'm hearing this about the rocky soil and how the, the, the plant was plucked up from it because it didn't have any roots. How do I get rooted? How do I get roots down and be sure that I'm not one of these? I'm going to give you one simple suggestion. Are you ready? you got to understand the terms of the agreement to follow Jesus Christ. See, I get the impression when I read this parable, notice he says, this person is filled with joy. They're excited about the Lord coming into their life. They're jumping, they're twirling, they're shouting, they're, they're into it. But it says, but when persecution and trouble arises because of the word in their life, they become offended, they stumble, and they walk away. I get the impression this person is surprised. Oh, I didn't know that I was going to be persecuted. I didn't know I was going to have trouble. You get the impression they're taken off balance and taken aback because they didn't understand the terms of the agreement. You know how you don't get plucked up? You know how you stay? You know how you stay fixed in Him and you're never moved? You understand the terms of the agreement. I'm going to give you three of them real quickly. Here's the terms of the agreement. How many of you in here want to be a follower of Jesus Christ? How many of you are a proud follower of Jesus Christ? How many of you can say, I once was lost, but now I'm found? Was blind, but now I see? He was good to me. Give him a hand of praise. Go ahead. Well, here, here's the terms of the agreement. Are you ready? First of all, Jesus said, Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. You know what that is? That's one of those promises you don't want to name and claim because it's a promise. Jesus said, you see what they've done to me? You see what they've done to me? The light came into the world and they rejected the light because they love darkness more than the light. You see what they've done to me? Ridiculed me, made fun of me, ultimately crucified me, harassed me. You see that? 
You see that? If they've persecuted me and you're following me, you got the same light on you that I had. You've got the same word in you that I brought. They will also persecute you. That's the first term of the agreement. You're going to be persecuted. I found this out in college. Oh, man. Let me tell you something. They're not just itching to hear about Jesus in any college you want to go to. And I was a witness in college. And everywhere I went, I talked about Jesus. Well, by the end of the semester, not very many people were talking to me, interested in calling me over to the table to have lunch with them. We don't want him over here because he reminds us of what we have not done but should do. He got right with God, and he's in the light. Oh, I don't want anybody reminding me that I need to come out of the darkness into the light. So, dude, stay over there alone. I found out that you get persecuted. I had the whole class walk out on me one time. Whole class. The whole class. And the teacher, too. Because I started talking about Jesus. I'm serious. I had my own little film crew. I, 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 my bachelor's was in radio TV film. And so at the end of the class, the film class, you had to do your own film. And so I decided, well, hey, this is college. These people are intellectually curious. Not. So what I'll do is I'll do my film on all the incredible prophecies that came to pass when Jesus was born. Surely they will go, wow, really? I didn't know that. Not. I had my little cue cards. I was the talent. I had a camera person. Had an audio person, had a director. I had several people involved in the in the class with my particular movie, my film, three minutes long. The rest of the class is sitting over to my right. I'm the talent. The cue cards go up, and I start quoting Isaiah, and I start quoting Micah. But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, yet out of you shall he come forth, whose goings have been of old, even from ever lasting I thought surely these keenly intellectually curious college students will marvel that Jesus was born in Bethlehem just like the word said I started hearing noise over here I said well I'm not gonna pay any attention to it and you shall call his name wonderful counselor Mighty God, everlasting, this was at Christmas time, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government, there shall be no end, Isaiah 61. And I hear more noise. And finally, my production's over, and the lights come up, and nobody's there. I look and it's just empty seats. I look out here, no camera person. They couldn't take the light because it was dark. Now, I wasn't being weird, obnoxious. I was being very intelligent, very, you know, very verbal, very, very suave with it. Only one girl was left and she was a believer. And she said, Jeff, I'm sorry, they all left. I said, where's the teacher? He left too. And I just was crushed. I, and I walked out in the hall. I'll never forget going out in the hall. And they're all lined up against the hall, you know, sitting there like this, 
foot up against the wall, smoking their cigarettes, wouldn't even acknowledge me as I walked by. I went, and I'm driving home, and I'm feeling like, Lord, what did I do wrong? Holy Spirit said, you didn't do anything wrong. Didn't I tell you if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you? They did to you what they did to me. You did just fine, son, and the Spirit of God and of glory rested upon me. So I, I know. All right, quickly, here's the second. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you'll have trouble because of the word in your life. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Trouble in this world because of your faith is one of the terms of the agreement. Here's the third one. Jesus said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. A cross to carry, your cross to carry. Your cross isn't my cross, my cross isn't your cross. You got your own, and I got my own. A cross to carry is part of the agreement. If you don't understand you've got a cross to carry, and you don't learn to carry it, you will be rocky soil. You will be plucked up by the roots. You will not continue with Him. Now, what is the cross? Let me tell you what it means. Taking up the cross means that at every turn in the road where there is a contest between your will and His, you pick up that cross of self-denial and you choose the will of God. Watch this. You're in a relationship that you want. And the Holy Spirit comes and says, that's not glorifying me. You say, well, you know, I'm glad I'm saved. Hallelujah. And you continue in the relationship. He comes knocking again and says, I don't guess you heard me. I don't like that relationship. It's not glorifying me. I rebuke you, devil. <laughs> Get away from me. A few days later, he comes again. I don't guess you're understanding. This is me. Hello, Jesus, your Lord. This is not glorifying me. Now you have a choice. Because what is the cross? Jesus chose the cross in Gethsemane. He said, Lord, if this can be taken away from me, take it. But if it can't, not my will. Hear that? But your will. The cross has to do with your will. So here comes the cross. The cross will come to you at every juncture where your will is in conflict with God's will. And you'll hear the voice saying, pick up your cross, your cross. This is yours. Nobody else has got it. This is you. This is your life. This is your cross, your decision. you got to pick it. If you don't, I assure you, you will be the loser. If you pick up that cross and follow him, it will sting, it will hurt, it will crucify your flesh, but you will live. I want to tell you from tw over a quarter of a century of preaching and 38 years of walking in the Spirit, I'm going to tell you something. I've seen this. Anytime you don't choose the cross, you're the loser. Anytime you choose the cross, you're alive and you're the winner. The narrow road, which is the crossroad, leads to life. And so finally, you say, okay, I hear you, Lord. I'm picking up the cross. No matter what I feel in my flesh, I'm going to carry the cross and follow you. And you find that just a ways down the road, you look back and you say, 
Oh, Lord, thank you. that you stopped me from that. Because now I have joy and I have peace and I'm good soil. I'm bearing fruit. That's the term of the agreement. This is why they fizz and fade and fizz and fade and fizz and fade and fizz and fade. Now listen to the promise, and I'm closing. Jesus said, Most assuredly, I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife. That's not saying leave your wife. It's talking about going off to, for the gospel's sake. Or children or land for my sake and for the gospel's sake. But he will receive 100 times more now in this lifetime. Did you hear that? With persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. We call this the hundredfold promise. Can you imagine? Every time you pick up that cross and you follow him, that means you walked away from something so you could walk towards something. You left one thing so you could pursue another. You let one thing go so you could pick something else up. And when you do, and you pick up that cross, and you follow him and deny yourself in this lifetime, you get a hundredfold in return. Now, if I'm a businessman, I'm in. If I'm a businessman, I'm in. Because how can you go wrong with giving up one thing and getting a hundred? Those are incredible odds. Jesus said, with persecutions... You're going to get a hundredfold in this lifetime. Can we stand together? That's how you avoid becoming the rocky soil. That's how you do it. Amen? So say with me, persecution, trouble in this world because of my faith, and the cross. Those are the terms of the agreement. If you accept those terms, sign on the dotted line. Accept them. And you know what? You'll never be plucked up. It won't ever happen. You'll be the good soil. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you, Lord, that you are good all the time. And your people are blessed people. Now, with your heads bowed, if you can say, Pastor Jeff, I'm in that rocky soil. I've fizzed and faded and fizzed and faded and right now frankly I'm having to make a decision between my will and the cross can I see your hand my will and the cross many of you thank you Lord I'm not going to call you down I want you to pray this with me right where you are and it wouldn't hurt all of us to do it just say with me Lord Jesus I believe your word. I want to be good soil. I don't want to be plucked up. So I accept the terms of the agreement. I will be persecuted from time to time. I will have trouble because of my faith. And I do have a cross. And I will pick it up. 
I receive the terms in Jesus' name. Now let's sing and you just pray for a moment before we're dismissed. Lead us.